0: Powerful story, isn't it? Do you know how many people there are just like that in our church? We have a, we have an inviting church, and there are n- lots of people, uh, in, even in this room right now that are sitting here because someone invited them. Just one hour, just one hour. You'll see in your bulletin that we actually have uh, Easter invitations already, and on the back of them are stories of people. I'm I, my story is in there. Other Mariner staff people from around our four churches are on there because we thought, what's you know, what, what's maybe even just as fun as handing an invitation and sharing your own story, but you also get to see someone else's story written out on the back that someone might connect with and say, hey, I'm just kind of like this person. I, maybe, uh, maybe I'll show up. We'll talk a little bit more about that, I, but I know that there are some of you in here that are just exploring or you're visiting us for the first time. You are stumbling into hopefully what you found to be a very friendly community already. We are also in the middle of a series called How to Start a Revolution." How to Start a Revolution, and we're talking about that because there was this guy, Jesus, who she referenced in her story, who lived 2,000 years ago like on the earth, and, and when he did, he started something that is continuing still to this day. There is change that has begun and has continued, and there is a revolution that we are part of and drawn up into, but people have missed it. Through all this time, there have been people that have missed it. There have been people that didn't quite get it when they've seen it or were exposed to it. Because most people think that when a revolution happens, it happens in a certain way. And most revolutions, there's this whole idea that uh, might makes right. Or, or the, the influence of power and military involvement and money and research, whatever. And Jesus came in this totally different way. He came very very humbly, very very distinctly, and it wasn't about overthrowing the political system, it was about something else altogether. So we're going to look at a little bit of that this morning. If you have outlines, you do have outlines in your bulletin, you can grab those, and today the outline is not going to be as relevant for you. I wrote this outline so that you could have it tomorrow. If you want to look back, if you want to go a little bit deeper, if you want to study a little bit something else, you can look at some of these additional verses on your outline. For today, just flip that thing over and get out your pen. And I know some of you are thinking, I finished school a long time ago. I am not note-taking up in here. But here's the thing, is that I don't care if you write down anything I say, but what I hope is that you do bring a pen with you or your trusty Evernote app, uh, but that you do bring something to take notes with you just in case God speaks to you. Because we believe, if you're new, just checking this out, exploring us, we believe some weird things, and one of them is that God still speaks, and that just maybe he wants to speak to you, even if you don't believe it's true. I just accidentally rhymed right there. Uh, You're welcome for that. I'm a lyrical gangster. Sometimes it just kind of happens. It just kind of comes out... So, grab those things and, and get ready. I want to ask you, too, first what do you think of as we get going here when you hear the word authority? Police. Police. What's that? Parents. parents. The man. The man. Big brother. Tap in your phone. What else? Where? Rules. Parents. Laws. Punishment, boss, yeah, all relevant things. And we have, we put those into different categories. And when we think about the idea of authority, it hits us in different ways. And usually it's based on your personal experience with authority. Some of you that maybe got sideways with some police uh, back in the day, maybe in the not too distant future uh, or the d- distant past. Uh, maybe it's because you had a dad or a father figure or someone like that who was a kind of authoritarian, who who really was a hard driver, who was maybe hard on you. Maybe you had uh, a nun, like in Catholic school, or a, or a master, whatever those things are. That like. Um, smack your knuckles when you did things wrong and that's what you associate with authority. Maybe it's a parking ticket that you just got and so that's burning on your mind. But we have these ideas of authority and most of us have bad connotations or negative connotations when it comes to this idea of authority because of past experiences. But... I think it's important just to pause for a second and recognize the fact that authority is not a bad thing. In fact, authority is a good thing, but it's abuse of authority that you don't like and that I don't like, right? And so we have that in us because, uh, I mean... Of our own experiences, but also if you remember the fact that our country was founded out of rebelling against authority in a different country. And so instinctually in this nation, we have this resistance to this kind of uh, skepticism of authority. But pull back and recognize that it's not authority itself, it's abuse of authority, because authority is so important and it's necessary, and you actually want it. You actually want structure and guidance from your parents. You actually want instruction from teachers. You actually want a police system that is not corrupt. Have you been in a country that is corrupt, and the government is corrupt, and the police just kind of do what they want? That is chaos and misery. You actually want authority in place. It helps the world go round. Police represent law enforcement and help enforce those things. Teachers, they spend a lot of time and hours learning and preparing lessons plan, lesson plans so that they can pass along, impart their knowledge and the authority that they have to students. Doctors spend lots of years practicing and studying medicine so that they can impart their knowledge and help us with health. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers, and in it he said that it takes 10,000 hours of practicing something, studying something, doing something before you become an expert or an authority. 10,000 hours if you want to be a soccer coach, really getting after it with soccer. 10,000 hours if you want to be a master kind of violinist to playing the violin. 10,000 hours of Pinterest if you just really want to be a pro pinner. But there are authorities in all kinds of realms of life that kind of, they they, they stand in the gap and they pass along some kind of knowledge, expertise, or expression of law and order on our behalf. You have the U.S. ambassadors to another country that has kind of been anointed by our president as an ambassador of the U.S. into this foreign place. Some of you have the authority of your company or your boss or something else to make certain decisions at work or in these other places because of authority. I was at a conference this past week, Thursday and Friday, and there was a speaker that came, and she was articulate and good, and she was good at what she said, and she, she was a blogger that uh, apparently was a good writer, and she had written a book or two, and so we listened, and I thought that she was, she was nice and delightful, but I'll tell you what, the people in this room, the, like the nearly 4,000 people that were assembled around, most of them had not read anything that she wrote, but you know why they listened? Because this woman's father is the most influential, one of the most influential voices, pastor voices in our country. And she talked about growing up in her dad's house and things like that. So there's an authority transfer from dad to daughter. And so she can sit in front of a lot of people and talk with authority about her life and about the things that she has lived through and experienced, trying to relate them. To the crowd. So I want, I say all that because I want you as we start out to have an understanding and appreciation for this idea of authority and at least recognize where you are when you hear this word. Because authority is not a bad thing. In fact, we need it, and the world functions appropriately because of it. And as we go to Luke chapter 4, we're gonna see why this is important. Luke chapter 4. Luke was the physician who followed he he followed Jesus. He didn't actually know Jesus, but he saw how Jesus had turned things upside down and had changed everything and changed so many people's lives, and he wanted to know all about Jesus, and so he went around interviewing anyone who had heard him speak, anyone who saw what he did, and he just took all these things down, and so we're looking at the book of Luke where he's recording the events of Jesus' life. Verse 31. Then he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath day, he taught the people. They were amazed, the people were amazed at Jesus' teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? We recognize you. We know who you are. Go away! Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it interesting that the first people to really understand who Jesus was, God and skin on earth, were demons? They recognized him first, and it freaked them out. And they're like, what you, leave us alone. Verse 35, be quiet, Jesus says. Come out of him, in fact. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. I'm sure because he was scared of Jesus. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out, they do whatever he says. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Now, some of you are like, this stuff is kind of weird. I'm not sure about demons, evil spirits, like casting them out. Jesus, I guess that's part of like the God thing. Uh, But I don't really relate to that in my everyday life. You clearly have not been to a Lady Gaga concert uh, lately. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, don't diss the Gaga. Um, But what's happening here is crazy and profound because it wasn't necessarily normal for them either. They're sitting here just in church, and there's this guy that's tormented and crazy, and they might just think that he's crazy. Some of them have the insight to say, yeah, I believe that he's demonized. Like, there's, there's, there's some kind of like demonic force that's influencing this. But the average person just probably thought crazy. This is a crazy person. He's acting all crazy. He's, he's probably, you know, shot up a few too many times. He's probably, you know, tam- tampered with his, bro- there's craziness happening here. And Jesus recognizes it, or actually, first, the demon inside of him recognizes Jesus and says, leave me alone. And Jesus says, out, out you go. I've got no time for this. I want you gone. And immediately the demon leaves. That is some crazy authority. We're not talking about principals and policemen. We're talking about authority to drive out the mysterious Often invisible things that we just kind of know in our core, even though we don't want to think about it very much or talk about it very much, that are existing in the environment in the realm that we can't see. You know, even if you don't even believe the Bible yet, you know that there is something else going on here. You know that when you have seen evil up close and personal. You know that there is something maybe of good that drew you here this morning. You know that there is more than meets the eye. There is something to this. So, Jesus doesn't just have authority over the physical, like a policeman or like a politician. He tells the evil spirits what they can and cannot do. He's got crazy authority, ultimate authority, supreme authority. I have a difficult time getting my one-year-old to eat vegetables. <laughs> I try to feed him, and I know he's still hungry, but he doesn't want the green bean, and he shows me he doesn't want the green bean by sticking out his tongue going, mm, mm, mm. and then if I keep trying to give him the green bean... He literally, his back arches and he contorts. He's not demonized, but he still contorts his body like this. And he moves his mouth as far away from me as possible. Mm, mm, pushing the spoon away. And I'm like, Jack, I'm your father. I have authority over you. Eat this green bean. And he doesn't. Jesus is not only the baby whisperer, he's the all beings whisperer. I want you to see that. It goes beyond even the things and the dealings that we have and how we influence others. And it goes into this supernatural spiritual realm that we only have a glimpse of that we can't fully understand. And he says what he says and they do it and he snaps his fingers and they jump. And he has that crazy power. And they don't even argue with him. Like, um, uh, just, just, I just need five more minutes here, Jesus. I'm almost done with what I was doing. And if you just give me five minutes. They just go. There's no, oh, I was going to leave anyway. Uh, I didn't even want to be here anymore. They just go. Yes, God, sir. On their way out. Here's another story that will blow your mind. Like it blew the minds of the people that were there seeing this thing play out. That guy... I guess he was more than just crazy. He had a demon in him. And even if I knew that, what would I have done? But this dude, he just said, go. And the demon went. And now this guy, he's like, could be my accountant now. He's like back to normal. He's just, he's just a guy. And this is crazy. And they were amazed. Someone was probably like, damn. Jesus just punked that demon like a schoolyard bully. This is crazy. This guy, this guy is crazy. I was watching March Madness a little bit last night and there's a guy for Florida, they lost, but there's this guy for Florida that is a grown man. He is just like huge. He looks like he's on steroids and there's people like talking on social media about how big and strong and tough this guy is and like you wanna go places with him. And then there's Jesus who looks like a regular person and yet has authority over everything where are you going because I'm going with you kind of a thing and so the people are there and they're just amazed they're freaking out over this and in Matthew 8 there's another kind of similar story where there's this guy who's called he's referred to as a centurion and a centurion is a high-ranking military official in the Roman government and so this guy has power he's got he's got like a thousand plus soldiers under his authority so he is, a, he is an impressive general-type figure in the Roman government. And he has servants, and his servant, one of his servants is paralyzed. So I imagine, because the centurion feels badly about this, that the centurion asked servant guy to get on a ladder to get him something from up high. And the guy, the ladder fell underneath, and the guy broke his back and literally is paralyzed and in a lot of pain and suffering. And so centurion guy, even though he's really powerful, has compassion because he likes his servant, and he's thinking, I got to do something because I just caused this thing to happen, and my buddies broke his back, and he was just trying to serve me. And so so he hears about Jesus, And he takes this long walk to find Jesus because no doctor that he knows can fix this guy's spine. And so he heard this whisper kind of going throughout the land about this Jesus who heals and has crazy kinds of authority. And he goes and he finds him and he goes to Jesus and he explains the situation. And Jesus says, do you you want me to come and heal your guy? And this is the centurion's response. Lord, I do not deserve to have you even come under my roof. I I have this fancy, you know, he had a fancy house. And it's clean because he has servants. But he says, I don't even deserve to have you come under my roof. But just instead, just say the word. Just utter the word. Just have the desire. And my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes, and that one, come and he comes. I say to this servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great. In other words, you get it. Somehow centurion guy gets it. The Jewish people that know the history of the Bible and the Old Testament and are looking for the Messiah to come, they didn't get it, but centurion guy gets it. And he recognized the fact that if Jesus just uttered a word, he could heal. That he doesn't even have to be present. That he's got so much supreme authority over all created beings and things that he could just whisper, mutter, blink, snap, and this guy could be healed. And Jesus said, that is, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of faith you understand what's happening here. That Jesus has authority over evil spirits, we've seen that, and he has authority over sickness too. And he doesn't even have to be in the same zip code. He can just say it, will it, want it, and it's done. There's this realm that we're familiar with, that we see and we feel and we touch, And we get that and we see principals and policemen and we see how authority and things play out and then there's this whole other realm that we know exists and it's strange and we don't fully get it and yet we kind of believe that it must be real. And Jesus is the God who has authority over it all. There is no one else with more authority He is the supreme authority over all things. And he didn't even need to tell you. The demon told you. He didn't even need to convince you. Because his enemy, the guys working against him, couldn't help it. They were so paralyzed with fear. They were like, ah, you're, you're him. You're the one. What do you want us to do? Just don't hurt us. Just, just, just. They were the one announcing the arrival of the God of the universe in skin on the dirt. Jesus wasn't even, he was just trying to keep, shh, 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 shh you quiet, quiet down. I don't want you announcing that. I'm doing, my own, I'm doing something else here. He wasn't trying to say, oh, look at me with trumpets and chariots. I think of the, I think of the sketch with Will Ferrell and Saturday Night Live when he's sitting at the, ta- the table with his family. I drive a Dodge Stratus. I am important, trying to convince them of this. I have a job that people work for me. Jesus, no, no, no. The demons are the ones saying, oh, man. He has come. The implications of this kind of crazy authority uh, kind of just go out everywhere. Science, right? Science, like that's, that's my jam, Jesus would say. Yeah, you like how I did that stuff? Yeah, it kind of makes sense and can come together in your mind in a way that equations work out. Yeah, you're welcome. E equals MC squared? Yeah, it's kind of simplistic, but Einstein's a good guy. You know, I, we give him the benefit of the doubt. It just ha- it ripples into everything. Cancer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that cancer is afflicting people right now. Infertility, yes. I, I designed life and creativity and, and that there should be birth and there's this miracle of life and, 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 and death and this how this works. The economy, yeah. Supreme ruler over all things. And I know you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, well, I have a couple of problems with that. One, if you're the supreme ruler, Jesus, over all things, how come there are still bad things? How come there are still evil things that happen? Why do bad things still happen to good people if you're the ruler and the supreme guy over it all? We'll talk about that again just in a second. The other thing is that you associate authority with abuse because you've seen it, because other people have misused their authority, and so you have a problem. You're not even sure that you can submit to this God's authority, the supreme authority over all things, because of other very limited authority small people that have abused their insignificant authority. And so we do have a problem with that. The, the reality is, the old adage is true, that absolute authority corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. It does. With all, kind, with all of our human efforts and human leadership and influence, absolute authority corrupts every single time, all the time, absolutely. Think of why governments, healthy governments, have a check and balance system. Because one person cannot be the supreme leader without accountability. You have industries. All industries have regulators because they can just get wild. You saw what happened with the with the financial crisis and our housing situation when the things weren't people abuse authority and they want to drive it and take it as far as they can to, to benefit themselves. So there's regulations in place. All corporations have a board of directors to give accountability to the guy at the top. Churches, healthy church systems, have a board of elders giving accountability to the leadership of the church. Why? Because absolute authority corrupts absolutely. You and I can't handle supreme authority of any kind. It goes to our head. We get screwed up. We make it self-serving and about us. Dictatorships have never worked throughout the history of mankind. They just oppress and abuse people and make this guy rich and famous. It's the same reason why in the Old Testament you see all these lists of kings who lived and ruled, and it never worked. They always got messed up. It always went to their head. They always screwed something up and made it more about them than about the people, with one exception Jesus is the one exception. Jesus was the biggest deal in human history to the extent that the demons cowered in his presence. He is the literal supreme authority over all created beings. And what do you do when you realize that there is no one higher than you, that even the demons quiver at your presence and you just speak a word and they go... Or what do you do when you realize that you're the most important person in the room? What do you do when you realize that you have the power to sign someone's paycheck or not, to hire someone or fire someone? What do you do when you're given more influence and authority than you thought you would, or more money than you expected, or more leadership opportunity than you anticipated you would have? What do you do when, when authority is bestowed on you? You want to see what Jesus does? That same passage, Luke chapter 4, earlier that day, he drives out this demon in the synagogue. And then it goes on from there, and it says, At sunset that day, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying hands on each one, he healed them. laying hands on each and every one of them, and he healed them. Jesus, what do you do when you realize that you can just cast out demons with a word, that you can heal sickness just because you want to in another zip code? What do you do when you realize you're the most powerful man in the galaxy? I'm going to buy Disneyland. You know, I'm I'm gonna go run for president. I'm gonna go be the Emperor of Mars. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a book tour with Oprah. Yeah. Uh-uh. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna sit down because I see that there's a lot of people coming this direction. And I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk with each one of them one at a time. I'm going to look them in the eyes. I'm going to say their name. I'm going to put my hand on their shoulders. And I'm going to say, I'm with you in this pain. I'm with you in this sickness. I know about that divorce. I know about the depression. I have compassion because of the addiction. It's tormenting your life, and I'm going to sit with each and every one of them that comes, and I'm going to heal them. Jesus could have done what He did with the demons and just said a word and sent them all scattering. He could have just willed, He could have waved his hand and said, "All you people who need healing, be healed." I'm going to go in and watch Shark Tank. he sat, and he looked, and he touched, and he healed every single one of them. Why is there evil in this world? Why do bad things still happen to good people? I don't know. I know that God is telling a story and he promises that over here at this end of the story that all things are good and that there will be no more pain or crying and tears. I know that that day is coming. I also know that in the midst of the pain he sits with us. He didn't spare himself pain. He suffered the ultimate pain. And in the middle of your pain he sits with you. And he looks you in the eyes and he knows your name and he knows what you've been going through and he knows how badly it hurts and how you've been disappointed and how you've been let down and how you've been mistreated. He says, I'm with you in this. The supreme ruler of the galaxy of galaxies and universe of universes and I'm here With you. The story goes on in verse 41. The demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. Again, they were the ones that recognized him first. And he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Messiah. I'll tell you why I think that that is in just a second. Verse 42, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. Just stay with us, just stay with us longer. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Here's why I think that Jesus wouldn't let the demons talk and say who he was. Because I believe that there's two kinds of people in this room right now. There are those of us who are desperately in need of a healing touch from a compassionate, all-powerful God. And we're gonna give you that opportunity in just a minute to have someone sit with you and pray with you and ask for Jesus to make himself so real to you. And at different times in our lives, we all are desperate for that. But there are also many of us who have experienced that, maybe once, maybe multiple times in our life, where God God has just shown up in such a personal way and met some need and gave us hope and encouragement when we had none and gave us a future when we thought we had squandered it and gave us a sense of being loved even though our family let us down or whatever the story is, he healed you. And he would say, that is the good news that I want to go from town to town. If you have been healed, you talk about the fact that you have been healed, that you have been made new, that you have been given hope. I don't want people to hear it from crazy demons. I want them to hear it from you. That's why I came, he said, to share the good news with everybody else, that God is not just not this big cosmic God out there somewhere but the, he's the God who gets up close and personal with each one of us. So if you're here this morning and you need an encounter with this generously personal God, we have leaders, elders, prayer people that love to serve you by praying for you. And they're gonna come right now and they're gonna stand at the base of the stairs here up, up front And as we sing, I want to invite you to come and and be prayed for, to allow someone else to to play the role of Jesus and to invite him into that moment and to speak to you through them and to pray over you that God would heal you from from a physical thing that's bothering you, from a spiritual thing, from an emotional thing, brokenness, doubt, pain, depression, depression, Whatever it is that you have going on, and you just think, I need this supreme ruler in heaven on, on earth to just touch me, to just encounter me, to just look me in my eyes, to know my name, to remind me that he is a personal God that is here with me. That yes, he keeps all this spinning, and he has authority to drive out any demons at any moment when he wants to set at the snap of his fingers, and yet he's right here. And he wants you to know it. And for those of you who have been skeptical for so long and just wondering, I don't know if I can buy into this, test him and see if he doesn't show up personally and real in your life. So would you all just stand up with me? The band's gonna play and we're, we're all gonna sing and we're gonna respond. I know for some of you in the middle, it's a long ways to go to get up here, but just do it. If you step on someone's toe, they won't be mad. If you came with somebody else who's not walking up here, they'll wait for you. They're going to eat donuts for ten minutes out there, anyways. Just, just use this time. Don't miss this time to have an encounter with your God, who loves you, who knows your name, who has a personal, who wants to show you how personal His love is. As we sing.